0: So I want the freedom to experiment and to change my mind and to ask for what I want. And I just want you to know I'm new and I don't know what it's going to be like having sex as this new person. Well, he was very receptive to all of this. And as he drove me back to my car, I said, how are you feeling about this conversation? He goes, Let me see. My new girlfriend wants to experiment sexually. I think I'm okay with that. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12 Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 159, Boundaries in the Bedroom. I'm kind of surprised that I'm just now recording this episode and that I just realized that the things I'm about to talk about are boundaries. Here's why this has come up now. Yesterday, I recalled something from when I started dating my sweetheart. In the memory I'm about to share, we'd already by then established that we were going to wait a bit to have sex, and we'd even picked a date several weeks in the future. And we were very much looking forward to that date. In fact, we were counting down the days. Well, one day during that time, he messaged me and he said, do you want to come over for a pajama sleepover? And I was like, what's a pajama sleepover? And he said, it's a sleepover where you wear pajamas. And that seems pretty obvious now, but I didn't know that because I had never done that as a grownup. This was his way of my inviting me to sleepover and letting me know we'll be keeping our pajamas on the whole time. In other words, I'm going to respect the boundary that we've set about when we're going to have sex the first time. Now, initially I said no to his request and I actually called him to tell him this. And I said, I am not going to be able to sleep in the same bed with you and not have sex. So I'm going to say no. Well, that was my gut reaction. But then when I thought about it, I realized, wait a minute, I am a completely different person than I used to be. It has been years since I've had sex and I trust myself now in a way that I never did before. When I was recalling this last night, I realized that what I was saying to myself when I decided I could go through with a pajama sleepover without having sex is, I have boundaries now. And when I realized that yesterday, I decided I want to go back and tell the story of how the boundaries were set between he and I, in the beginning of our relationship for this podcast. It's one thing to hear about principles of boundaries and hear an example here and there, but it's a whole nother thing to hear the building of a relationship based on healthy boundaries. Before I get into the story, I wanna remind you all that I learned to set boundaries from being in 12-step recovery. They're an enormous gift Of my recovery, but they are also now one of my most important tools of recovery, which is why I talk about them all the time and why I became a boundaries coach. If you want to hear more about how I learned boundaries from the way 12 step recovery is structured, listen to episode 107, which is called The Importance of Boundaries in Recovery Learning from the Outside In. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. And you might also want to listen to episode 125, which is the top 10 lessons on dating and relationships when 12-step recovery. Okay, so here's the story of me and my sweetheart. One of the things that I was really attracted to him uh, the most in the beginning was that he had healthy boundaries, which he demonstrated in a variety of ways. One was that he didn't grope me and try to get into my shirt or my pants immediately the way every other guy I have ever even dated has done. But at the same time, he made it very clear that he wanted me. Another was that he revealed the things about himself to me bit by bit, not with a fucking fire hose, the way that I had done in the past, and so many of my former partners had done in the past. And here's something amazing that he did. My whole life, I'd always wanted for a man to ask me if he could kiss me, but that never fucking happened. So here's something I want to say to all of you, regardless. Of gender or sexual orientation. If you're attracted to someone and want to kiss them, ask. Ask if you can kiss them at least the first time. It's consensual and it's also very respectful and, in my opinion, fucking hot. Anyway, we'd been seeing each other for a handful of weeks. I don't really know how long. And we had kissed each other like on the cheek and that sort of thing. And this particular night, I was over at his house, and we were sitting in front of the fireplace, and he said to me, would you like to sit on the couch and smooch? And I was like, yes, I would. And I was so thrilled that he asked me, and I was really excited about the prospect of getting even closer to him, because we had been building emotional intimacy between the two of us, something I had never experienced before. And it was fucking hot, let me tell you. The the kissing on the couch, that is. Well, the whole relationship. Anyway, so after a few makeout episodes, he brought up the topic of sex in a pretty cute and playful way. And I said, I'm not ready. I said, I don't even know what the fuck that means because those words have literally never come out of my mouth before. I just know that I'm not ready, but I want to be clear. I want you. I want you, but I am not ready to have sex. And he was very understanding. And then I said, there are a couple things I know for sure I'll need to become ready. One, there's no way that I'm going to have a sexual relationship with you unless I know for certain that this is a committed monogamous relationship. And he was like, yeah, me too. I feel exactly the same way. And I said, secondly, we both need to be checked for sexually transmitted infections before I have sex with you, or it's not going to happen. And he was like, oh my God, I love that. And actually a note about that. One of the things he said to me later in our relationship was that he didn't understand what an enormous relief that would be for him to know that we had both been tested and been given clean slates. All right, so fast forward a little bit shortly after the initial sex conversation. I said this to him, listen, before we have sex, I want to sit down and have a conversation with you about my thoughts about having sex. And I want to tell you about some of my experiences. Let's go out for coffee." And I said that so we wouldn't be at my house or at his house. We'd be out in public in neutral territory. So we made a date to talk about sex. And what happened next was a very higher powered moment. The same day I was scheduled to have coffee, the coffee sex talk with him. I was working in a co-working place and it just so happened that one of my close fellows from recovery came to hang out and work at the co-working place And we started talking and I told her, I'm going to have this conversation with him tonight. And I proceeded to share with her a whole bunch of details about my sexual experiences in the past and that I wanted to steer clear of with him. And she said, what I'm hearing you say, Barb, is that you've had lovers try to push you to do things you weren't ready to do and that you were shamed for that. And you had lovers that you wanted to try things And they shamed you for going too far. So you've been shamed on both ends of the spectrum for not being adventurous enough and for being too adventurous. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Thank you for giving me this language to share my experience with him. She helped me come up with a way to talk with him that got the point across, that got my feelings across, but wasn't giving him too much information. In other words, it was a boundaryed conversation she gave me the tools to have. That was an absolute higher power moment, that she was able to be there that day with me and that we both had time to sit and talk. So when I talked with him, I started by reminding him that I have been completely transformed as a person because of 12-step recovery. I've been radically changed. For starters, I'm down over 100 pounds from my top weight, and I've never had sex in this body before, and I have a lot of sagging in places on my body. I suspect I will be okay being naked in front of you because when I was obese, I was fine with being naked in front of my lovers, but I just want you to know that that could be an issue. Secondly, I am a new person and this person has never had sex before. So I have no fucking idea what's going to come out of me. I've always really enjoyed sex, but I've also never really spoken up and asked for what I wanted. I've never said things like higher, lower, faster, slower, or any of that stuff. And then I told him that I'd had experiences with people who were rather adventurous and tried to push me to do things I wasn't ready to do, and I got shamed for that. But at the same time, they introduced me to some things that I thought I might like to try, but I didn't feel safe enough with them to try, and that I'd like to feel safe to try new things and be able to change my mind, maybe even in the middle of doing it, without him taking it personally. I said to him, you know, I want you to understand that I don't know what my limits are. And on the other end of the spectrum, I have been with people where I wanted to do something that I thought was rather plain vanilla. And he acted like I was being a fucking dominatrix. And I got shamed for that. So I want the freedom to experiment and to change my mind and to ask for what I want And I just want you to know I'm new, and I don't know what it's going to be like having sex as this new person. Well, he was very receptive to all of this. And as he drove me back to my car, I said, how are you feeling about this conversation? He goes, let me see. My new girlfriend wants to experiment sexually. I think I'm okay with that. All right. So that's that part of the story. Right around that same time, I was talking with another fellow in recovery who'd been married for 35 years, and I told her that we were planning to wait to have sex until I was ready. And she said to me, you know, Barb, if you're going to wait, make it special. Go away and celebrate. And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a fucking great idea. So he and I discussed it, and he liked the idea, too. And we picked a date, or maybe we had already picked a date by then, I'm not sure, So I said to him, what do you think of making it super special and going away? And he was like, maybe we can get an Airbnb. So the next time I talked to him, he said, I found the perfect Airbnb. It's called the Writer's College, and it's in the Berkshires. And it's close enough that it doesn't have to take us forever to get there, but it's far enough that it's special. Now, this was in the winter in New England. And he's like, I'm going to rent a monster truck to make sure we can get there regardless of the weather. And I was like, ha ha ha, that's funny. And one of the beautiful things about having picked the date was, and the location was we had this to look forward to. We'd say things like 15 more days until we have sex, nine more days until we're going to have sex. So it was this wonderful, fun, loving thing that we were doing together and we had it to look forward to together. We made it an occasion. And because we were looking forward to it for so long, and made it really special by planning it and going away, it was something to celebrate. And now it's a wonderful memory that we have together. So the week before we went, I looked at the weather and it looked like it was going to be in the 40s while we were away. So I said to him, jokingly, by the way, hey, it looks like it's supposed to be in the 40s next week, so we're not going to need a monster truck. I think you can cancel it. And he goes, okay, I'll cancel it. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You actually reserved a monster truck? He was like, no, not a monster truck, but I did reserve an SUV. Now, I have to tell you, I fucking loved that he was that enthusiastic about it that he was going to rent an SUV. Not only did he do all the work to find the the Airbnb, but he also rented the kind of vehicle to make damn sure that it was going to happen. Like, I loved that enthusiasm from him. Now, of course, I'm not going to go into any details about what happened in the writer's cottage because I have boundaries, but it was fucking awesome. And it was super hot. And I know that there's a misconception in our culture that for things to be romantic, they need to be spontaneous. Well, that is bullshit. Planned sex is awesome because you have it to look forward to. And it's something you can look forward to together. Now, that being said, spontaneity can also be quite romantic. All right. Having said that, now I want to look at some of the things we did and talk about why they were boundaries. First of all, I said to him, I'm not ready. I knew I wasn't ready even though I wanted him. And this was new for me to understand that I could desire someone and not have to act on it. I learned that from Recovery, but not in a meeting. I actually learned it by watching the Amazon series Transparent, which is about a transgender parent. One of the characters in that series went to a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous meeting in one of the episodes. And in that meeting, he was told, arousal does not equal consent. And when I heard that, I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. That arousal does not equal consent. That helped me so, so much. And by the time I was having this conversation with my sweetheart, I finally understood that just because I was aroused by someone didn't mean that I was consenting to have sex with them. And I'll give you an illustration of what life was like for me before I understood that. About six months into recovery, I was sort of dating a guy. And note the sort of dating language. That's a good indicator that I didn't have healthy boundaries at that time because people with healthy boundaries know they're either dating or not dating someone. Anyway, this guy I was, quote, sort of dating, sent me a dick pic. And my first reaction was, <gasps> but I was also aroused by it. Now, I look back now and I'm like, oh, the reason I went, <gasps> was because it was a violation of a boundary. It was way too soon for me. But I didn't know that because I found it arousing. So I made it be okay. But now I understand that arousal does not equal consent. So for me to be able to say to Chuck, I'm not ready, was a huge boundary. I respected my own boundary of knowing that I wasn't ready. And he respected my boundary by saying, I hear you. I also set a boundary and said, we're not having sex unless we're in a committed monogamous relationship. He agreed to that boundary. I also set a boundary by saying, we're not having sex until we both have STI testing and he agreed to that boundary. I also set a boundary by saying, we're not having sex until I have a conversation with you. And he agreed to that boundary. I wouldn't have proceeded to having sex with him had he not respected any of these boundaries, which was hugely different from me in the past. I also said to him, I need to be able to let you know that I don't really know where my boundaries are when while we're in the act. And I'm telling you ahead of time, because I really don't want you to take it personally if I ask for something and you say yes, and then I change my mind, because I'm learning who I am. And he agreed to that. And he also respected my desire to go away and make it special. So there were boundaries all over the place. This gives an illustration of how incredibly subtle boundaries can be and how they permeate every area of your life and how they lay a very strong foundation for a healthy relationship. All right, before I go, I want to say one last thing, and that is that I am super excited for next week's episode 160, which is a guest episode with Andrea. She's the host of of adult child podcast, which is fucking awesome. It blows me away every single time I listen to it. She does an incredible job of articulating very clearly and emotionally what adult child trauma syndrome is. She's super raw and vulnerable. And honestly, she says fuck more than I do. So be sure to tune in next week to hear that episode. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higherpowercoaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at FridayFragments.news. That's FridayFragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.